Articles by Desiring God Be Still My Soul, a hymn for the hardest losses, written and read by John Bloom. After nearly two decades, the memory is still vivid, standing in the living room with the phone to my ear, listening as my friend and pastor, Rick, described to me through sobs how one of the young, vibrant couples in our church had just been in a terrible car accident. The husband had survived, but the wife had not. And neither had their unborn son, their first child, whose birth they had been anticipating with so much joy. I stood stunned, trying to process this new reality. I could see her laughing with a group of people after church the previous Sunday. And now she was gone, taken, along with her child, in a violent event that unfolded in just a few seconds. Rick asked me, the leader of the worship ministry, to begin thinking and praying over possible music for the funeral that would likely be held the next week. If my memory is accurate, the first song that came to mind almost immediately was one of my favorite hymns, Be Still My Soul. Song for Deepest Sorrow I have loved this hymn since my late teens. When sung to a beautiful arrangement of the tune Finlandia, it has, to my ear, perfect prosody. That's the term musicians use to describe how all elements of a song work together to support the central message of the song. And the central message of Be Still My Soul is the resurrection hope Jesus gives us in the face of the devastating death of a loved one. The powerful lyrics come from the pen of a German woman named Katharina von Schlegel and began appearing in German hymnals in 1752. Little is known about Katharina. Some believe she may have been a Stiltsfräulein, a member of a female Lutheran stift or convent in the town of Koten, about 100 miles southwest of Berlin, and that she may have been significantly influenced by a pietistic Christian renewal movement. No record survives of the specific event or events that inspired her to compose this deeply, deeply moving hymn. But such specifics aren't necessary since we all experience the kind of devastating losses she writes about. And when they come, we often find ourselves enduring an internal hurricane of disorienting grief and desperate need of the peaceful shelter of hope. And the gift Katharina has bequeathed to us in the four verses most English hymnals contain, she originally wrote six, is this profound poetic reminder of the one shelter for our sorrowful, storm-tossed souls, the faithfulness of God. The Lord is on thy side. She begins in verse 1 by reminding us of the unshakable foundation on which we stand by faith. Be still, my soul, the Lord is on thy side. Bear patiently the cross of grief or pain. Leave to thy God to order and provide. In every change, he faithful will remain. Be still, my soul, 
thy best, thy heavenly friend. Through thorny ways leads to a joyful end. The first line of that verse is a near quote of Psalm 118, verse 6. The Lord is on my side, I will not fear. But the rationale for why we have any right to make this otherwise audacious claim is gloriously stated in Romans chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? In this world of grief, we may wonder, all things? Then why did not God spare my loved one from death and me from such anguish of separation? To which the Holy Spirit, through the great apostle, graciously, hopefully, and gently replies, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans chapter 8, 37 to 39. Soul, be at peace. Your faithful Lord is on your side, and he will lead you through this veil of deep darkness to the eternally sunlit, joyful land of everlasting love. All now mysterious shall be bright at last. In verse 2, Katharina reminds us of the great promise purchased for us when the Father did not spare his own Son for us. The freedom from the curse of living with the knowledge of good and evil, the knowledge we insisted on having while lacking the capacities to comprehend or manage it. Be still, my soul. Thy God doth undertake to guide the future as he has the past. Thy hope, thy confidence, let nothing shake. All now mysterious shall be bright at last. Be still, my soul, the waves and winds still know. His voice who ruled them while he dwelt below. Now, God's purposes in allowing evil to wreak such grievous havoc are largely shrouded in mystery, and so can appear to us senseless. But it will not always be so, for Jesus came to undo all the effects of the curse. First, he came into the world to undo the curse of death, Genesis 3.19. And then, when we finally experience life free from remaining sin and beyond the threat of death, we shall be given knowledge more wonderful than what we sought from the Edenic fruit. We shall know fully, even as we have been fully known. 1 Corinthians 13, 12. 
soul, be at peace. Your faithful Lord will soon make all you now find so mysterious, bright at last. Jesus can repay all he takes away. In verse 3, when the sword of grief has pierced our hearts at the deaths of our dearest ones, Katharina applies the balm of gospel promise to our throbbing wound. Be still, my soul, when dearest friends depart, and all is darkened in the veil of tears. Then shalt thou better know his love, his heart, who comes to soothe thy sorrow and thy fears. Be still, my soul, Thy Jesus can repay From his own fullness All he takes away That last line echoes the great, faith-filled, worshipful declaration that Job made upon the news of the deaths of his dear children. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job 1, verse 21. But Katharina's words declare the biblical promise of a greater restoration than Job experienced on earth. For God has promised that even the severest losses will someday seem like light, momentary affliction compared to the eternal weight of glory they produce. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17. But this verse also describes a Christian's paradoxical experience in the very anguish of bereavement. For those who, while grieving, place their trust in their best and heavenly friend, receive a foretaste of the riches of Jesus' fullness as they come, in Katharina's words, to better know his love, his heart. They often experience new dimensions of the reality of what Jesus meant when he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Hebrews 13.5, and I am with you always to the end of the age, Matthew 28, verse 20. Soul be at peace. Your faithful Lord will never depart and will repay from his own fullness far more than all he takes away. We shall be forever with the Lord. One week after that tragic car accident, we gathered in the sanctuary to remember the lives and grieve the deaths of that young wife, daughter, sister, friend, and expectant mother, and the baby boy she and her devastated husband had looked forward to bringing into the world. But we did not grieve as those who have no hope, First Thessalonians 4, verse 13. My clearest memory of the funeral was being so deeply moved and comforted by the way I heard my brothers and sisters sing be still, my soul, especially the last verse. Be still, my soul, the hour is hastening on when we shall be forever with the 
When disappointment, grief, and fear are gone, sorrow for God, love's purest joys restored. Be still, my soul, when change and tears are past, all safe and blessed, we shall meet at last. Here is every Christian's blessed hope, the reason Jesus is for us, the resurrection and the life. Katharina's words helped us encourage one another in the hope that there's coming a day when we will always be with the Lord. 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 17 and 18. And they helped us together preach to our souls. Soul, be at peace. Your faithful Lord will soon gather us all together again, safe and blessed in his presence, where his full joy will be our full joy, and where all that gives him pleasure will be all that gives us pleasure forever. Psalm 16, 11. And then, having done our best to still our souls through faith in God's faithfulness, we escorted the earthly remains of our sister and baby brother to the cemetery, where we sowed their perishable, weak, and natural bodies into the ground in the hope that Jesus will raise them with imperishable, powerful, spiritual bodies. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 42 through 44. And upon the grave's marker, the loving husband and father, whose loss had been incalculable, yet who in faith believed Christ had greater gain for the three of them, had this text inscribed, As for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. When I awake, I shall be satisfied with your likeness. Psalm 17, verse 15. For more resources, visit DesiringGod.org.